Please pray with me. Ah, Sovereign Lord, you are so faithful and exceedingly generous. You have the power and the authority to pour out incredible blessings on your children. Indeed, the boundaries you have set for us fall in pleasant places. We have a beautiful inheritance. Holy Spirit, help us to understand exactly what this means. As we work our way through this passage in Joshua, teach us what it means to have a wholehearted faith. Teach us what it means to possess every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. And give me, your servant, your words for your children. This I ask in the name above all names, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. When was the last time you played a game of what ifs? You know, confronted with a dramatic life change or faced with an enormous challenge, you begin to ask, what if? What if it's too hard? What if it's too demanding of my time? What if I have to give up something I love? What if I fail like I did before? These what ifs keep our focus on the wrong questions. Our what ifs should be God-centered. We should be asking, what if I miss out on the blessing God wants to give me? What if I'm settling for second best instead of God's best? What if I'm failing to take full possession of what he wants to give me? In Joshua chapters 13 through 19, a new generation of Israelites had entered the promised land with the mighty hand of their sovereign God, defeating every enemy in their way. Now, they are called to take possession of their inheritance. They needed a wholehearted faith in God to do so. This inheritance was a physical inheritance of land as well as a spiritual inheritance of God's presence among them, God's possession of them, and God's prescribed worship that brings him glory. For believers today, the word inheritance is more spiritual than physical. Our inheritance is our salvation, which ultimately leads us to eternal life in heaven. Our inheritance is also temporal. It is the abundant life in Christ that belongs to believers now. It is undoubtedly God's best for his children. Are you prepared to claim this inheritance? Let me give you an illustration. Imagine if God said, Mikey, here is your inheritance. And he gave me the keys to the biggest and best shoe warehouse in the universe, saying, it's all yours. Well, I love shoes. I mean, what would I do with such a generous gift from God? Would I rush in and grab every beautiful size nine pair of shoes as my own? Or would I let fear, unbelief, and the what-ifs stop me in my tracks? 
What if the warehouse is heavily armed with iron chariots? What if there are giant fierce enemies in the warehouse? It's all too scary. It's all too hard. This kind of fear and unbelief caused the first generation of freed Israelites to forfeit God's glorious inheritance. Instead of laying hold of his precious promises and trusting him with the wholehearted faith, they died in the wilderness. Yet God remained faithful. In his grace, he held fast to his covenant promises. His heart's desire was for the new generation of Israelites to enter the promised land and claim their inheritance. He is the same God today, always faithful, always enough. It is still his heart's desire for his people to claim their inheritance. A close examination of Joshua verse, uh, chapters 13 through 19 reveals that believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted faith. That is what we will examine in our three divisions, authority of God, abandoned to God, and allotments from God. So our first division is authority of God, Joshua chapter 13, verse 1 through chapter 14, verse 5. Um, if you open your Bibles, you can follow along with me. Now, before we dig into the text, it is worth noting the usefulness of such a text for modern readers. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 teaches us that all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Because this is the undeniable and unchanging truth about God's word, you and I can rest assured that even these chapters in the book of Joshua have as much to teach us as any other chapter. It is applicable to our lives today. We just need to dig a little deeper to mine the diamonds. With that in mind, let's look at Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. Every time I read this verse, I laugh. God bluntly states the obvious to his servant Joshua. You're old, buddy, advanced in years, but your job here on earth is not finished. What a lesson. If you are old and advanced in years, but still on this side of heaven, your job here on earth is not finished. God tells Joshua, there remains yet very much land to possess. In verse 2 through uh, verse 6, he gives specific boundaries and names specific rulers of these lands. This shows us that this is a true story. In the last part of verse 6 through verse 7, God reiterates his promise to act on the Israelites' behalf and drive out the enemy before them. He says, I myself will drive them out from before the people of Israel. God 
would remain faithful to his promise to drive out the Canaanites. All the people needed to do was trust him with the wholehearted faith. Included in the command of verse 7 is the command to divide the land for an inheritance to the nine and a half tribes who had yet to receive their inheritance. Verse 8 explains that two and a half tribes had received their inheritance under Moses' leadership. When the Israelites first entered the promised land, these tribes suffered an attack of the what-ifs that caused them to spurn God's best and settle for second best. The initial sight of the promised land, it looked good enough compared to the wilderness. It's like they entered a shoe warehouse full of beautiful, expensive designer shoes and they settled for cheap, flimsy flip-flops. Easy to slide on, no challenges. But God wanted them to choose elaborately laced platform heels that might be more difficult to put on and walk in, but would raise them to new heights. In other words, God wanted his people to claim their full inheritance with a wholehearted faith in him. But these people were walking by sight, not by faith. Moses, with God's permission, compromised with them, allowing them to settle in the land they deemed so desirable. They were, however, required to cross the Jordan and help the remaining tribes conquer Canaan. Later, their location created problems. Because they were outside the protection of the Jordan, they were the first ones to fall when enemies attacked. These tribes settled for less than God's best. This is not what God wants for his children. He wants you and me to do whatever it takes, whatever he commands, to claim all his promised blessings. And believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted faith. Even in the face of unknowns and difficulties, do not ask what if. Choose to trust in the great and unchanging faithfulness of God. In verses 9 through 13, Joshua lists the kings God had already defeated and the lands he had already conquered. Remembering God's past faithfulness would surely spur them on to wholehearted faith. Their work was not finished. The end of verse 13 reveals a half-hearted completion of the conquest of the land on the east side of the Jordan. It says the people of Israel did not drive out pagans residing in the land. Now the rest of Joshua chapter 13 through Joshua 14, 5 lists the boundaries of the inheritance of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Four times the text states that the tribe of Levi would not receive an inheritance of physical land. Joshua chapter 13, verses 14 and 33, as well as Joshua 14, 3 and 4, tell us that the offerings by fire to the Lord God of Israel are their inheritance, and the Lord God of Israel is their inheritance. The Levites were holy 
to the Lord, set apart by him and for him. They served God by preserving his word, teaching the people his ways, and leading the people in appropriate God-glorifying worship. The rest of the tribes were commanded to support the Levites by bringing burnt offerings to the Lord and providing homes and pasture land within their own inheritance. Like the Levites, all genuine believers possess the incredible inheritance of God himself. We can sing with all the saints, I am his and he is mine. We have been adopted into his divine family and we will one day dwell with him forever. Indeed, we will reign with him. Like the Levites, believers have not been given physical land as their inheritance. But one day, we will possess heavenly real estate, mansions in glory. That is God's promise. Joshua upheld Moses' decision to allow the two and a half tribes to settle before crossing the Jordan. Still, they remained under the authority of God. The only way they could take possession of their own inheritance and fight to help their Israelite brothers take possession of theirs was to trust and obey God. This illustrates how believers today claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted obedience to the authority of the Lord God Almighty. That gives us our first truth. Believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted obedience to the authority of the Lord God Almighty. In which areas of your life is your obedience to God's authority half-hearted? How might you be missing the blessings of your inheritance because of your failure to wholeheartedly obey God? What steps will you take to surrender to his authority in wholehearted obedience? Every believer is an adopted child of God. As such, they are co-heirs with Christ Jesus. Everything that Christ will receive by divine right as the natural Son of God, believers will receive by divine grace as adoptive children of God. This includes wonderful and exclusive rights and privileges. We are not just given eternal life in the future. Right now, we possess the indwelling Holy Spirit to equip us with divine power and glorious gifts to lead us into a vibrant personal relationship with God and grow us in holiness. We personally experience the richness of God's loving kindness, protection, provision, and goodness. We are invited to approach God's throne of grace with boldness, knowing he will hear and answer our every prayer. We've been given the righteousness of Christ and are lovingly disciplined by God the Father with the goal of growing in righteousness or holiness. We are united with our brothers and sisters in Christ in the bond of peace so that we are never ever alone, not even in our darkest trials. 
finally, we are being progressively sanctified in the likeness of the one whose name we bear, Jesus Christ. Yield to God's authority, child of God. Yield with your whole heart. Fully possess all that is yours in Christ. Believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted obedience to God's authority. Our next division highlights the wholehearted faith of Caleb, Joshua's faith partner among the faithless spies. He teaches us several lessons because he lived completely abandoned to God. That's our second division, Abandoned to God, Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 15. In verse 6, lest Joshua forget what God had promised, Caleb recounts what happened over 40 years ago. Caleb and Joshua were two of 12 spies who were sent by Moses to spy out the promised land. They were the only two to return believing God's power was sufficient to conquer the land. The other 10 spies drowned in a sea of what-ifs and melted in unbelief. God judged the Israelite people for their unbelief with a 40-year sentence of wilderness wandering. He swore that none of them would enter the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. Because of their wholehearted faith, God guaranteed Joshua and Caleb's inheritance. In the same way, believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted faith. In verses 8 through 9, Caleb looks to claim his rightful inheritance by highlighting his wholehearted faith. He says, Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Caleb goes on to marvel at God's faithfulness to keep him alive and strong in verses 10 through 11. Forty-five years had passed, since God promised Caleb his inheritance. Now, 85 years old, he had not changed at all. Verse 11, I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and coming. More than physical strength, Caleb possessed a spiritual strength. He was still wholeheartedly abandoned to God. In verse 12, he claims the inheritance God promised to give him, and it is an inheritance filled with giants. Verse 12, so now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. The Anakim were the descendants of Anak, who was considered a giant. 
They were very tall people and very fierce warriors. In the eyes of the Israelite spies, these giants were, they were just too giant. They could not fathom defeating such an enormous enemy. Their what-ifs erased every memory of God's mighty power which marched them out of Egypt through the wilderness into the very edge of the land of promise. They quickly forgot all about his sovereign, tender, and faithful care for them. Caleb was not afflicted with what-ifs then or now. All these years later, he still believed his great and powerful God could and would defeat these giants. When he says, it may be that the Lord will be with me, he's making a statement of faith. In other words, if it is God's will, Caleb declares he trusts God to empower him to drive out all the giants. With his heart utterly abandoned to God and his perfect will for him, Caleb claimed his inheritance. Joshua was surely pleased, as was the Lord. Look at verses 13 through 15. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb for an inheritance, and the land had rest from war. The city of Hebron was where the Lord first showed Abraham the land he promised to give him and his descendants, the Israelites. Abraham lived there while it was ruled by the Hittites. He purchased a cave from them to bury his beloved bride, Sarah. This purchase was his first official claim on God's promise to give him the land the Israelites were now inheriting. By burying Sarah there, he was declaring his faith in God's faithfulness to fulfill his covenant promises. Later, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were buried in Hebron along with their brides. God rewarded Caleb for his faithful service and loyalty by giving him this special city. What a fitting reward for a man who lived so abandoned to God. He shows us that believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted trust in God's great faithfulness. So our second truth is believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted trust in God's great faithfulness. Which what-ifs? are causing you to doubt God's faithfulness. What will you do to abandon those what-ifs and abandon yourself to God instead? The phrase abandon to God comes from the biography of a precious old Scottish saint named Oswald Chambers. He was a humble man of God who spent his life speaking and writing about the God he adored. Some of this material was eventually compiled into the widely used devotional entitled My Utmost for His Highest. The title of this book, along with the title of his biography, perfectly describes Chambers' Christian faith. 
His life was marked by unconditional surrender or abandon to Jesus Christ, which resulted in a boundless devotion and an enthusiasm to teach others about faith in Christ. He strived to live completely abandoned to God's will, giving his utmost, his very best, his all, to wholeheartedly magnify, exalt, and glorify God. This is what he refers to with the words, his highest. His legacy has taught countless Christians what it means to live abandoned to God, giving our utmost for God's highest. Oswald and Caleb were kindred spirits. I can just imagine how they must be enjoying their heavenly inheritance together. They have shown us that believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted trust in God's great faithfulness. The new generation of Israelites needed the same wholehearted trust in God's faithfulness as they received their allotments from God. That's the subject of our next division, Allotments from God, Joshua chapters 15 through 19. In this passage, Joshua details the allotments given by God to each tribe as their inheritance. The first tribe to receive their allotment is the tribe of Judah. Their boundaries are described in Joshua chapter 15. Joshua again mentions the inheritance of his buddy Caleb since he was from the tribe of Judah. In verses 13 through 19, we read how Caleb drove out the descendants of Anak as well as the inhabitants of Debir. With a wholehearted faith in his faithful God, he dispensed with every single what if to fully possess his inheritance. This was not true of the rest of his tribe. Joshua ends his list of Judah's allotment on an ominous note. Verse 63, But the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the people of Judah could not drive out. So the Jebusites dwell with the people of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. God promised to drive out all the inhabitants of the land he was giving his people. But they did not trust him to do so. They failed to drive out the pagan Jebusites. This pattern is repeated throughout this passage in Joshua as well as throughout the Old Testament. Because of their failure to wholeheartedly obey God, religious, pagan religious practices infected God's holy nation. This provides all believers with a warning against idolatry, rebellion, and half-hearted faith. The Israelites were constantly urged to embrace a wholehearted faith. God provided all they needed to do so. The same is true for believers today. They claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted faith. Joshua chapter 16 begins with God's allotment of land for the tribe of Ephraim as well as the remaining half-tribe of Manasseh. Ephraim and Manasseh were the children of Joseph's, uh, Jacob's son, Joseph. First, Joshua gives the allotment for Ephraim. Like the tribe of Judah, 
verse 10 notes that they did not drive out the pagans living in the land. Joshua chapter 14, sorry, Joshua chapter 17 details the allotment of the half-tribe of Manasseh and the story of the five daughters of Zelophehad. In Numbers 27, these women come to Moses concerned about preserving their father's name since he had no sons. Moses sought God's counsel and God instructed Moses that the daughters must be given a man's inheritance if he has no sons. However, they could only marry within their tribe. If they married outside their clan, ownership of the land would go to that clan. It was important that this not happen. The land of their inheritance belonged to the Lord. The Israelites could not divide it or sell it or give it away as they pleased. They were to maintain their inheritance from generation to generation. The case of Zelophehad's daughters illustrates the loving care and great faithfulness of God. He is a very personal God. He lists them by name in his enduring word. Further, the allotment they receive proved that he cares about women as much as he cares about men. And it proved he cared about preserving one little clan among many. By claiming their inheritance, Zelophehad's daughters demonstrated a wholehearted faith in God's promise and God's faithfulness. God is faithful and unchanging. He is honored and glorified when his children claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted faith. He does not want us to miss receiving his best for us. He does not want his children to leave even one promise or blessing unclaimed. As we trust him and obey him with a wholehearted faith, he will fulfill his promises to us, every last one of them. In stark contrast to the wholehearted faith of Zelophehad's daughters, the account of Manasseh's allotment ends with the now familiar and tragic refrain. Verse 13, Now when the people of Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. This recurring comment reveals a stubborn, disobedient streak in the people of God. Their faith was half-hearted at best. The consequences were long-term and far-reaching. The Israelites were repeatedly ensnared in gross pagan practices which led them away from worshiping the one true God. They eventually lost their land, were conquered by their enemies, and scattered into exile. In Joshua chapter 17, verse 14, more half-hearted faith is revealed as the people of Joseph approach Joshua and ask why their allotment is so small, since they are a numerous people. Joshua's response is brilliant. If they are so numerous... Why are they having such a hard time clearing the land and taking possession of their entire inheritance? 
they respond with a bad case of the what ifs. What, what if the Canaanites there are too strong for us? They have chariots of iron. Joshua encourages a more wholehearted faith. He emphatically states that they are a numerous people and have great power. The land will be theirs because they will clear it and possess it, all of it. He ends by saying, for you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have chariots of iron and though they are strong. They needed to know that God's faithfulness knows no bounds. Whatever difficulty or challenge we face, he is enough. He is all sufficient and he is faithful to his people. But they must trust him with a wholehearted faith. Believers claim their spiritual inheritance through wholehearted faith. This was apparently lacking among the people of the tribe of Joseph. In Joshua chapter 18, the Israelites assembled at Shiloh to set up the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. This was the place where God met with his people. There were still seven tribes who had not yet received their allotment of land. It appears that the Israelites were half-hearted about taking possession of it. Because in verse 3, Joshua asked the people of Israel, How long will you put off going in to take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you? In verses 4 through 6, Joshua commands the seven remaining tribes to go up and down the land, write a description of it, and divide it into seven portions. Then lots would be cast before the Lord in Shiloh for each tribe to receive their allotment of land. Once this was done, Joshua received his own inheritance. Chapter 19, verse 50. By command of the Lord, they gave him the city that he asked, Timnath Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim. And he rebuilt the city and settled in it. Joshua's inheritance came by command of the Lord. God is faithful to care for his servants. By the time he received his inheritance, Joshua was indeed old. But God gave him the time and the strength to rebuild the city of his inheritance and settle in it. Joshua persevered with wholehearted obedience until he completed every God-given task. Because he so wholeheartedly trusted in God's promise to give him his physical inheritance, he laid claim to his spiritual inheritance as well. With wholehearted faith, he used every gift, every talent, and every opportunity to serve God just as he commanded. This gives us our third truth. Believers claim their spiritual inheritance by using their God-given gifts and talents to do all he commands them. What gifts and talents has God allotted to you? What commands has God given you to follow? 
How does his divine allotment for you inspire a wholehearted obedience to his call and commands? What God has promised every believer is irrevocable. It cannot be taken away. A believer's spiritual inheritance is theirs to keep. Yet how many of us fail to lay claim to this inheritance? Commentator Boyce notes that just as the Jewish people had been given Canaan, but nevertheless needed to possess it, Christians have been given an inheritance that likewise must be possessed through individual attainment. This speaks of knowledge, holiness, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Clearly, these are ours, but we enter into them only to the extent that we come to understand and appropriate the Bible, draw close to and obey the Lord Jesus Christ, and actually serve others with the gifts we have been given. Believers must trust God, claim every spiritual inheritance, and serve Him with wholehearted faith. Instead, many are stuck in a vicious cycle of what-ifs that are part of our sin nature. We give in to the sins of fear, unbelief, rebellion, self-centeredness. But part of our spiritual inheritance is the indwelling power of the risen Christ to wipe out our sin nature so that we can walk according to the Holy Spirit. Child of God, annihilate your what-ifs. Claim your spiritual inheritance by using your God-given gifts and talents to do all he commands. What giant obstacles have you ensnared in faithless what-ifs? How is this keeping you from possessing your spiritual inheritance? God wants his children to claim their full inheritance. The imaginary gift of a shoe warehouse helps us grasp how to do this. Instead of asking, what if? We need only enter the warehouse with wholehearted faith and claim our cute custom-made shoes. What are you doing with your spiritual inheritance? Are you laying claim to it? Or is the warehouse of your spiritual inheritance padlocked by the fruitless cycle of what-ifs? If you have taken possession of your inheritance, are you using it sparingly? If you're, is your claim half-hearted? Did you settle for second best? Or have you stormed the warehouse to claim, then use every beautiful custom-made promise? Every one of God's children has a warehouse filled with his promised inheritance. If the door to your warehouse was flung open, what would we find? Would it be untouched, barely used, or in the process of being emptied? Believers claim their spiritual inheritance with wholehearted 
faith. Ask God to strengthen your faith in his promises until it is wholehearted. Then lay claim to your entire spiritual inheritance. Do not miss out on one thing he wants for you. Do not settle for anything less than God's best for your life. Claim what is yours through wholehearted faith. Would you pray with me? How great are you, Lord? Your power is absolute. You are faithful to fulfill every covenant promise you have ever made. You have made your children co-heirs with your son, Jesus Christ. May that fact not only humble us, but motivate us to take possession of our full inheritance with the wholehearted faith that glorifies you. This we ask in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.